0: Hello, my friends, you are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and we'll be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me and inspiring me on how Grit and Grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Grit and Grace. And you may have heard my interview with my guest today. Her name is Denise Burgess on the Ladies Chit Chat Club show, which was from Women's Entrepreneurship Day in 2018. And although we had a really great conversation, I didn't really feel like I got enough time with her. And so I asked her to come back and join me for a full show on Grit and Grace because I really enjoy connecting with her. And if you don't know her, she is the president and CEO of Burgess Services, which is a Denver-based construction management firm, and her career skyrocketed after she transitioned her father's heating and air conditioning business into a nationwide firm specializing in construction management and commissioning and quality assurance and control. Not only is she a powerhouse in business as a woman, which is unique in a heavily male-dominated industry... In fact, in 2015, she won an award for the largest minority or woman-owned construction firm in the history of Colorado. But my friends, she does it with heart by giving back to the community in so many different ways. And I'm glad to have her here to have a more in-depth conversation with me today. So thank you, Denise, for joining me. Thank
1: you for having me. I looked forward to this. Yeah, me too. I know this. we
0: had to reschedule it once. Yes. Um, such is life. Right. Such is life. <laughs> such is life. As, as business owners. Yes. <laughs> but i i left our first interview feeling like not only did you have so much more to discuss in terms of your business path which i want to talk about today and what you learned along the you know along the way because i know you learned a lot of lessons and we briefly talked talked about them and a lot of our listeners on this show you know we're entrepreneurs too and i feel like we can you know Learn from you and also hear about how you are able to stay so focused on giving back to the community and growing your business at the same time because those are hard,
1: those are really hard, and it's it really is a focus and it's intentional, and that's the main thing is to make it intentional.
0: See, I love that right off the bat. Make it intentional because uh, I it's funny that you say that a lot of Tech firms, I, I think you remember, probably remember that my main business is called Corporate Cause Agency, and I help businesses right. develop a community investment strategy. And I cannot tell you how many times businesses are new or under five years and say, oh, we don't have any time or resources to invest in the community, and my response is, you should build it into your plans now. Because if you start now, where you're going to be in ten years is going to be totally different, and you can build relationships and do you know mentoring and expertise that doesn't cost you any dollars, right? And
1: and make it a, I call it the genetics of your business, mm. and make that part of the genetics of your business. You know, it's the same. It, it is as important as your you know balance sheet, your employee happiness, your strategic plan. Um, Make your giving back just the same level of importance.
0: I love that. That's good. Yeah, really good advice. Okay, so let's start back from the beginning because one of the best parts of your story is you saying that you did not want to enter the family business, right? 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 And I have three brothers, so I
1: was really, truly trying not to do this.
0: Oh, my goodness. So when you finished high school, your father's business was already in place. Yes, absolutely. And so what did you do first?
1: Um, I went to college. Um, I majored, I mean, sincerely, I majored in journalism, which has nothing to do with construction, at the University of Northern Colorado. I told my father, you know, at the time, there's, there's no way this is going to happen, because mm-hmm. I'd grown up in the business. So I knew the difficulties and the challenges of just doing construction, just as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I graduated and went off to a world of marketing and radio sales and radio management. And I stayed in touch, of course, because it's family. Yeah. Um, you know, living through the conversations through Thanksgiving dinners and Christmas dinners of what's going on. Um, but really, not engaged um, fully or even partially with the business, having my own pathway, doing my own thing. Um, got married, moved to California, moved to San Diego to do work in radio, uh, do some, and started out as management in radio. Um, and then I decided, well, at the time I was married, we decided to come back to Colorado. And that's when my dad said, just come in and, you know, redo my marketing materials. Um, and I've been there for 25 years
0: okay yeah so that's so he sucked you back in he (laughs) sucked me back in very wisely so smart so smart is your dad still with us today no he's not he he passed away
1: in 2002 yeah um but i was you know the ability to work with him for about 10 years was fantastic yeah it was great mentoring knowledge um got rid of most of my almost I think all of my daddy issues actually yeah while you're doing <laughs> the together. process. Yeah. yeah you work with your father for 10 years, you kind of get through everything together. Um, so that was really really a blessing in my life, I call it. that's my blessing time. Mm. Um, and it was also my time to learn the business as an adult mm. uh, and to really understand not only construction but just the business of construction and how to do it and what to do and what to anticipate and all the sort of highs and lows uh, was also during that time.
0: Isn't it funny, though, as kids, we have we have certain glasses on that we see things through that change. It's like, you know, you were the child of an entrepreneur, and you didn't want that because right. you saw how hard it was, although you came back to it later. And it's funny when kids have parents that, you know, work 9 to 5 or work 9 to 5 and expected to, supposed to work 9 to 5 and stay, to, you know, at work till 9 o'clock every night. They say, I will never work for the man, for the machine. I will work for myself only. It's just funny how we see things through the perspective of what we experienced our parents going through as kids.
1: Right, exactly. And how you sort of like don't understand what they're going through because you're a kid and you're not really paying attention. You just know things are, you know, you're supplied with food and a roof and all those good things you're supposed to have, and you don't really pay attention to the detail of it and how much work goes into, as an entrepreneur, how much work goes into making sure you're supplied of all those things along with the employees
0: at the same time. But I'm sure that a lot of that rubbed off on you. You saw, the, the, although you the, the, the load of work might have seemed like a lot for you as a child, it also instilled in you a type of work ethic. Yes, absolutely,
1: and I will work harder. I may not be smarter than the next person, but I will work harder, and I think being exposed to that really instilled that in me, just seeing how hard he would work and how Dedicated and focused, he would be on success. So I think that definitely uh, led to my career beforehand, and also when I subsequently, when I you know joined the business, it was the same sort of ethic and sort of the ethic today. I think in our office is always you know uh, we'll work harder than you, we'll outwork you, mm. um, and that's really when people come through the door, they understand that.
0: It's interesting when you, when I think about that in terms of this podcast, I spent more time than 99% of podcasters out there just learning about the podcasting business and how to how to speak in the way that you and I can have this conversation and really provide value to our listeners. Uh, I feel like I outworked most podcasters from the beginning only just because I'm just that was just my personality and I wanted to learn everything that I can. And I think that, and I'm not downplaying anybody's approach. You can throw a mic up and create good content and get a million views tomorrow. and It doesn't matter. But I wanted to be the person to really feel like I understood it for myself. And that drives my hard work a lot.
1: Yeah. I think that knowledge is power. Yeah. And i it's interesting that you and I are both alike in the sense of I want to know it. Mm. You know, I want to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. So it's, a lot of it is being quiet and still and listening and learning. Mm. I think that's also one of the keys to success is knowing when to be still and just, okay, accept what's coming to you, but also learning it. Know what you know, because then you realize what you don't know and what you Mm. need help at and where you need to supplement your knowledge and where you need to supplement um, in regards to an employee or some sort of plan that you need to put into play.
0: But I don't think I've always been so good at that. It does come with age, right? It comes with age.
1: It's wonderful. Age is wonderful because it does teach you to go, oh, it teaches you to trust your gut. Yeah. And it teaches you to say, "Uh, maybe this time I don't need to be in front of this. Maybe sometimes I need to lay back and just sort of, okay, let it come to me a little bit.
0: Oh, those are some painful lessons.
1: They are.
0: They are. <laughs> and that's what, that's what makes the journey beautiful, though, at least for me at this stage in my life. Um, and I know you and I talked about this before. It's, it's part of what makes it wonderful now is because we're learning those things and we can both reflect back on all the things that we've learned to get us to where we are today. And I, I wanted to you know kind of talk on that topic because I know that you it wasn't always easy for you, especially as a female minority in the construction business, I can't even imagine the type of challenges you have faced. Um, I would love for you to share some stories and how you had the resiliency to handle the difficult times. Um, I
1: think it really is a belief in yourself And the belief in your ability to do something, which comes from the knowledge, uh, which comes with the age. Um, Anecdotally, it comes with, you know, there are only so many times you have to pick your battles. And sometimes you go, I'm going to let that one go. And sometimes you go, no, I'm going to hold you accountable for what you just said. You know, it comes from walking into a room and someone saying, oh, it's Denise. We thought it was a typo. And then having to accept that that, that's where they are and you are somewhere else in your head. And going, okay, and then saying, no, it's Denise. And now you have to negotiate with me, Denise, not perceived Dennis Mm. that you had. Um, It comes from people challenging your knowledge when you're in a meeting and you're already ahead. And you know, sometimes you get, I do this, I'll be like, Oh, we're going to get this resolved or we're going to negotiate this or we're going to look at this a different way and all of a sudden someone will come back to me and go oh where did you get your knowledge from where did you get your degree do you have a degree are you an engineer (laughs) and i've never heard them ask any male that question ever 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 and then going okay here we go we're going to do this one we call it in construction a lot of the women call it the quiz Get the quiz, oh, okay. and we're like, okay, let's do the quiz, and then we're going to move on. We're going to solve this whatever issue or problem or um, what's at hand. So it's it's kind of an interesting world that I live in. Uh, and then some of them have been my biggest champions. Mm. Um, once they understand I know what I know and I can do what I do really well, they are my biggest champions, and they've given me, you know, work and breaks and advice and mentoring and. All those good things. So, I don't want to knock, you know, all males in the construction business because it has, I love what I do and it has been the source of my success. So, for me, it's those challenges were also blessings Mm -hmm. because I had to figure it out. I had to go, oh, this is the time I'm going to fight, or this is the time I'm going to listen and figure out what's the issue. And this is the time I'm going to let you own that. And I'm going to deal with it because mm-hmm. I've done that one before too. Okay, I'm going to let you own whatever that is you're dealing with and not have part you ever, of my work.
0: Have you ever found it to work in your benefit to be a female? Like were there ever projects that you – okay, so I, well, we're going to talk about the mechanics of your business in a moment, but – Have there been projects that you have um, submitted proposals to that they needed a certain amount of females or they hadn't had a female? or Is there ever, and I only ask this question because I was listening to a show last week where a woman actually came out and said, I had more opportunity as a woman recently because the way that the market is, if you are not giving women equal opportunity, you can really get shamed. And so statistically, this person had a better opportunity than her counterparts and she was okay with that at the time. It's not how any of us want to to win, right? We don't want right. to win because you're a percentage that they're you know, checking off. But has that ever happened to you? I'm sure it has. Yeah. I
1: mean, I'm sure just in the sense of there are programs, we do government contracting, there are programs requirements for minority and female. And I always mm. say to my clients, if you need to check a box, check a box. But I want to make sure you're hiring... And you know that it's not because I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines and you checked a box and I sit on the sidelines. We're fully engaged. We're fully doing the work. So don't take this as if that helps you get this contract or satisfy a goal of some kind. Absolutely. I'm sure it's happened to us. Um, But I also know that I make that stipulation always with my clients. And I don't necessarily work with people that where that is their only goal is to check the box. Yeah. We have it as a role, like if that's we and you can tell. Yeah. You can always tell. Um we kind of go, "Nah, that's not who we are." Um but there's also no shame in if that's what you want to do, I think, because mm-hmm. males have been doing it. Yeah, you know, for on, sure. On the golf course for yeah. years and no yeah. one's ever said, right. "They hired you because you're male." And they said, "No, no, no. Don't give me that multimillion dollar contract." Right. Because I'm also you know, a male. Right. Um, So I don't find a shame in that, but I also make sure that they understand that we are legitimate and reputable business and expect to be treated that way.
0: Yeah, you won't be a placeholder. No. (laughs) Um, Have you ever turned somebody down? Yes. Have you, you have turned down prospective clients um, because they want to just put you as a placeholder in the position yes. to be able to check that box? How yes. do you? Yeah. yeah. That's not easy. It's not
1: easy. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, but it's not as hard as you think it is once you've sort of made that declaration in life and said, you know, I'm not going to be that place. I'm not going to be that for you. Um, and people have this perception. It's funny because there's a perception that that's always the place with minority and, Female-owned businesses, and in every industry, that yeah. you're that you're a placeholder of some kind. Um, and I think it's up to us on this side of the fence to say, no, 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 no. Let's be clear on what we're doing here.
0: Yeah, interesting that you say that. I think that is. I think that is sometimes part of the problem is that we as women always don't do ourselves the justice that we should do. Um, This topic has come up so much on this podcast, as I'm sure you imagine, especially the percentage of female-owned businesses that succeed is like less than 2%. Yeah. And- you know, the percentage of female-owned businesses that ever reach six figures is like less than thirteen percent. Yeah, so I mean, these are just really bad statistics. and I, I think that as women, we own a little bit of that in the sense that we don't always stay at the table. Um, we can stay at the table maybe as a placeholder and be happy with that and not strive to achieve more. Or when the going gets really rough, we can take a step back. And I think that part of that is because we don't have a lot of paths in front of us to show that, it has been done before, right. and it doesn't have to be about gender. We don't have to make it about gender. We can still perform at our same level, um, and I know that that's something you strive to do for women-owned businesses coming up behind you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And it's also being at the table and making sure you bring others at to the table. To the table. And just say, mm-hmm. I'm not the only woman in this job. I'm There's some other ones. That I think you guys need to meet. I don't have any problem I've done this I do it now where I introduce female-owned or minority-owned businesses that they don't know because what usually comes to me is Denise we cannot find a woman or minority-owned business really and I always say where did you look where'd you look because you know you just can't just stand there and say I haven't yeah. found them yet.
0: They come to you and say, Denise, can you solve this problem for me? Pretty much that is, I need this, Denise, where do I go? (laughs) But I don't have any problem saying, let me help you and let me
1: help you figure out how to do this better, Mm. you know, Um, because it shouldn't be that I try to shame them or guilt them into this. Yeah, But it should be, let's solve the problem together. Let's figure out a solution. Let's figure out a way to involve more people at the table. And it makes it better it makes for a better project all the time. You know how they say if you add two women to a board, you know, it gets a little bit better? Yes. I feel the exact same way about business, just business in general. Mm. If you add women to the table, if you have people, of diverse people, diverse cultures um, to a table, it makes it a better project. I've not, never not seen that happen.
0: You're 100% correct. Um, Okay, so let's talk tell tell our listeners more about your business. So we talked about it being in the construction services and a lot of us that don't you know understand the construction services mm-hmm. tell us give us the high level overview yeah. of what you do. So
1: what we do is um, construction management, which is oversee a series of subcontractors. Um, we do it our expertise is in mechanical, which is HVAC, heating and cooling mm-hmm. in the commercial space. And so we've done that for um, I've sort of switched it up. We did installation when my father was um, head of the business, and then I sort of transitioned it to more professional services, which is construction management, quality assurance, quality control, making sure equipment's in there correctly, um, cost estimating, how much does it really cost for this project, how much the um, heating and air conditioning, mechanicals, usually majority cost of any major project. Mm. It'll go from anywhere from 25 to 40 percent of the actual overall cost. So we make sure the cost is contained. Um, we can also, you know, do things like come on board. What we do is we manage the cons- mechanical contractors that are actually doing the in- installation. Mm. So at the Weston Hotel, we we're lucky fortunate enough that we had 13 different mechanical contractors with six of them, six, seven of them being small business and a couple of them being women-owned and minority-owned businesses mm-hmm. who had never done a City of Denver contract or limited amount of experience with the City of Denver contract. So for me, giving back, that's part of that. Doing what I do well and also giving back, giving an opportunity to someone who had never limited amount of exposure to this world. And then helping them. I hired one person to make sure they were all good make sure their billing was correct, their management style was correct. They understood negotiations. They were in all their negotiations. Um, so they had got exposed to, this is how I negotiate with a major general contractor. So those kind of things to me is that I'm doing what I do, but I'm also giving back to the community at the same time.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Um, so do you do services, construction services outside of the heating and air conditioning field. feel that's just not that's just your majority that's the majority of us we okay. do it outside of also because as you know as you know before we started our podcast we had a colleague that's like, oh I might buy a building and I need your help so we exchange cards but that's and that's why I ask because people might be interested in larger commercial um, construction projects you can help oversee those absolutely yeah, absolutely okay.
1: we've done both
0: yeah great and do you do a lot of work with the city of Denver? We or they, do. Or how about the state of Colorado? We
1: do a lot of work with the city of Denver. We do some work with the state of Colorado, do a lot of federal work. Um, so it's an interesting sort of public um, process. Mm. Um, and the, But we also do private work also. Uh, we're currently working on the Rockies um, uh, project mm. downtown. So oh, that's, a pri- that's a private uh, project. Yeah, interesting. So we're helping them with that. So... Um, we do a lot of different work um, in different states um, I like to do things that are different you know we did the Colorado History Museum versus the Weston Hotel versus the Denver Justice Center right. you, you know so it's for me it's the variety of work yeah that's what I really look forward let's let's do something different we've never done before and push ourselves
0: a little bit more so to go back to that question on things where things are difficult um, what are some of the areas that you find that you're still working on in personal growth now because you've scaled obviously you've you've taken you know your dad's company and you know grown it you're definitely you know a top business in the state of Colorado so your growth your, your growth path now is different or are you just on maintenance mode do you feel like you got to that place that you can just no. maintain no
1: no i try not to yeah. if i feel like i'm in maintenance mode i'm like okay i've got to push yeah. a little bit more um, so we started a development side to the company, so we're pursuing projects uh, to do development of affordable housing. Oh. So that's our, my new sort of very, ah, Here I go yeah. kind of thing. Um, I'm working with the city of Denver and, and different organizations um, down in Five Points and in Montbello uh, to uh, procure some land and do some affordable housing units for people. So we're really excited that is amazing that, that yeah. is
0: definitely something new to work on yes and that's why i asked because i i know that from your your career path and the time we've spent together that you're not really the kind of person to sit back <laughs> but i do think that there are times in our life that we get to where we really do need to stop and smell the roses we just can't stay in the garden right <laughs> right you take a visit to the garden and smell the roses then you go back out <laughs> and then you
1: go back out and you yeah. give yourself a little break and you give yourself a yeah. little rest and a little self-pampering and yeah and kind of go okay And look back and sort of absorb your success and acknowledge your success um, and not feel guilty about, you know, women tend to go, let's be modest and let's be humble. And I think women should do, I did that. Yeah. I did that. That was me. And acknowledge it, and be okay with that, and be comfortable in that space.
0: Even just you saying that made my, me feel a, un, a little uncomfortable. I don't, I don't do that very often. I, actually, you're right. As women, we don't do that hardly at all. No. I Aren't wonder you? why. I mean, I, I always try to think about the psyche of women. Like, why? Where was it, you know, pre-programmed in us to think that that's not the way to do it?
1: Yeah, but we should put other. I think it's in that programming of being moms for a lot and taking care of family a lot putting others first as opposed to herself. and when you say I did that you're putting yourself first front and center and that makes Ooh. that's a
0: little discomfort Ooh, you just you just challenged me to really think about how I've <laughs> thought of those words before that's wow That's very interesting. Um, And and speaking of, I mean, how did you how did you balance it? Because I know you have one child or two child. I have one. You have one. Yeah. How did you balance that and build a business at the same time? Sometimes
1: not well. Yeah. And um, I'm not a great believer in balance because it never happens, Mm -hmm. or it doesn't happen as a single mom for the most part. Um, There are days that I was, you know, a mom more than I was a business person. And there are days that I missed a game or I was late for a play or, you know, my daughter, she's 25 now, but she grew up in construction trailers and she'd have a tutu on in construction trailers. She learned trigonometry from the guys in this construction trailer. <laughs> so I think she's a very
0: lucky girl, but yeah. <laughs> but, and yeah. she does too. I mean, yeah. she's
1: a great kid. I like yeah. her as a person. But at the same time, it's that guilt of you know oh my gosh I didn't bring the right snack Mm. some days I forgot snack you know snack in elementary school used to drive me insane but you know it's those kind of things that you have to say and forgive yourself just forgive yourself when you do it I'm doing the best that I can with what I got yeah and tomorrow I'll do a little bit better and hopefully learn the life lesson and do a little bit better even when it comes to just parenting when you're just trying to just make it and sometimes you're short-tempered or sometimes you just are like I don't know if I can handle one more thing on my plate and just you have to take a break and sort of you know just say okay I'm doing the best I can
0: and I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that. So you moms out there, don't beat yourself up. No. Take and First of all, look at your most beautiful, precious child and say, I did that because you did that. You did that. <laughs> and, and, and give yourself a break. That's part of the grace of this Grit and Grace podcast is really just being kind and gentle with ourselves, especially as entrepreneurs. Or even it doesn't matter if you're not in business for yourself, but you are on a growth path at, at your wherever you're working. You sacrifice a lot. And we talked just before the show starts that it's not about necessarily about sacrifice. It's if I can serve myself and don't stretch myself too thin, I'm gonna go farther. And it's that way in business or in parenting, you gotta give yourself a chance to recharge your, your batteries. Yeah,
1: and take care of yourself.
0: And you feel that that's something you did well or did it? was that a learned lesson? Is that another thing that comes with wisdom?
1: That's a learned uh, lesson. Yeah. Yes. It truly is a learned lesson. Um, And, you know, a few years ago, it was funny, right, when I got the um, contract for the Westin Hotel, I had been doing projects in three different states and getting on planes and off of planes, getting on planes and off Mm -hmm. of planes, and I ended up having a blood clot in both lungs. Wow. That's the life lesson. So my daughter was actually home from college and I could not go upstairs to get my purse. Cause I was so winded. And she goes, "Nah, something's wrong." Went to the ER, and they're like, "Okay, it's missed your brain and your heart, and we don't know why." Oh my! But you have them in both lungs, and you're in ICU. So life lesson.
0: Wow! It, it,
1: it sort of re, you know. I mean, I just t- totally. Oh man! Reconfigures what's important. What's not important. I have the biggest contract in the history of Colorado, but I'm in ICU. Mm-hmm. What's important?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, so, a, that's a pretty big life lesson. It
1: was a very big, you know, like, you know, you get those baseball bat moments to the head. That was one of those. I was like, because I was trying to exponentially grow the company, you know, this is, oh, this is my time, you know, this is
0: it. And then all of a sudden I wasn't taking care of myself at all, at all. Big, big, big important lessons. And I think that sometimes if we don't listen the first time the universe... Gives us those signs. You know, we probably, you probably had it along the way, Mm -hmm. but we think, especially as our kids are older, because mine are, you know, 18 and 21 now. So now it is my time. Right. So we can work at a different pace than you could when they were younger. You can really go all in, but going all in isn't good. And if we don't listen soon enough, the universe is going to say, Oh, I tried to tell you. (laughs) And then I tried to tell you again and you didn't listen. So let's make it really clear. Yeah. Let's just, uh, let's make it crystal clear. And I was like, Okay, I got it. I'm a little slow, but I got it. When that (laughs) happened, were you able to take some time? Did you sort of like recalibrate? And I'm sure that was a lengthy. They didn't have to be removed, did they? No, uh
1: -uh. but it was a lengthy, you know, and I had to all of a sudden delegate to my staff. Delegate,
0: yeah.
1: You know, which was, you know, type A personalities. That's always the big, less, you know, Mm. challenge. I had to delegate. They had to take care of it. They took care of it. And I said, and they teased me to this day about, hey, you know, when we got the biggest contract, you were kind of not available and we took care of it. So you can let go of other stuff. And I said, oh yeah, 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 I keep forgetting. Sometimes I forget. But yeah, I had to, I had to learn, had to re, sort of re-educate myself on what was best for the company and what was best for me.
0: And sometimes we need to have people that hold us accountable to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. We need. Absolutely. We count on people around us to be able to say, hey, oh, so you did this before. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And it'll be fine. It'll be fine.
1: Yeah. 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 So it's nice. I mean, it's nice to, you know, once I did, I, th- I, I learned the lesson of take a little bit of time for yourself. Everything's going to be all right. It's all going to work. You know, it will work. Because you've put all the things in place to make it work.
0: yeah Yeah, those are and those are things that i think so many people can relate to because we really need and you need to build it into your schedule you know we don't obviously want to wait till something catastrophic happens build it into your schedule take it from us people if you're listening (laughs) you need to take a break every now and again and everybody's way of taking a break is different like for me um, especially as the weather's getting nice i love to take an afternoon a chunk of time in the afternoon like an hour and a half twice a week three times a week and take my dog to the dog park Mm. and i literally just walk out in the middle of the forest and and I just let them run and I personally myself spend that hour and a half time like reconnecting with nature breathing and just trying to let everything go I feel amazing when I do that now winter it's a little harder but right it's like my favorite thing to do. And because in Colorado, those places aren't too far away from us. Right. So it's exactly. with, it's within driving distance. Exactly.
1: See, I'm a gardener. so oh, I have you are. Yeah. So I love dirt and I love mm. playing in my dirt in my yard. So it's, it, in the winter, it's a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I have a little greenhouse in my home. Nice. That I can still kind of mess around with my plants and nice. and, and, and still get that. Sort of peace and sort of alignment that I need
0: with nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just
1: I just need to get that in alignment. Um, you know, I'm faith based, so I make sure that I'm really and in, totally involved in making sure I, I'm you know take a moment every day of doing a grateful. I do a journal every day of making sure I write down what I'm grateful for, um, and I just do it first thing in the morning, and then it just kind of starts my day of like saying,
0: okay, I'm good. You know. Such key pieces of success, right? You you literally just hit the what I would consider to be the top three things to be successful is to take time for yourself, you know, recalibrate, um, continue learning, right, and also um, be grateful.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just say thank you, and it's it's, and you'll
0: go, you'll be amazed on how many things you can list every day that you're grateful for. I started this habit. I think it was at the beginning of 2018 where I woke up, and I've, I have a different um, process for 2019, but for 2018 I woke up every day, and I literally would like, my eyes would wake up, and i put my hands straight out in the air and i wanted to count off on my fingers the five things i was grateful for that day Ooh, and i, like I and it was the way that to remind myself i just put my hand up and sometimes i would be so tired and sometimes it was the same thing day after day and then it slowly started to change because during the day i was thinking about what i was going to name the next day to be grateful for cuz some days i struggled right what to be grateful i'm like my health <laughs> my my hair um, okay, my dog. Like some days, I just I struggled, and and but then what happened is I started thinking about it during the day because mm-hmm. I wanted something more meaty to say the next day. And next thing you know, I'm thinking about things to be grateful for all day long. It was really amazing,
1: and it sort of transitioned how you approach the day so much. So yes, it's just transitions so how you approach the day. Okay, okay. got it that thing that was stressing you so much gets diminished. Mm, yes. It may not go away, but it gets a little bit more diminished to say, okay. Yeah, perspective. Yeah.
0: Perspective. I, I think that part of the reason why I'm so good at thinking that, about that is that I've had a lot of major surgeries. And there were times when I was really on the edge. And so I, I feel like the fact that I lived after all of that, it makes every day the icing on the cake every day is the icing on the cake for me. I mean, it may not have been. So right. Every every day is like a bonus day. I was like, like I, mean, I wake up, it's a bonus day, groundhog bonus day every day. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But that is, that's truly how I feel. And maybe that's why it makes it so easy for me to think about gratitude because I I truly believe that it may not have been that way. I think that there was just a path that, you know, it was meant to be, but it was it was close. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing,
1: you know. Not to say that everyone needs a catastrophic no, thing to, no. to understand gratitude, right? Right. Um, but I just think that if you do, um, it it really helps in your yeah. attitude and your outlook and how you approach different issues um, in life, even in your business. How you yeah. approach like a an issue that might be a huge problem. If you just like, okay, that might be an issue over here with this client this client over here just gave me a new contract or this client over here just gave me a compliment or complimented one of my employees or said, would you look at this? We really want you to be on board with that. It sort of diminishes the other Mm -hmm. one that kind of says, okay, I can handle this over here. Because um, as entrepreneurs and as business owners, you get the phone call, the cranky phone calls in the majority of times. So you get the phone calls from the clients who are not satisfied or, or having an issue or need your help like right now. We want you to jump on this right now. And you kind of have to put that in perspective and say, okay, I can, but let's really put it in perspective what exactly you need and what I can do to help you.
0: Yeah. Um, and... Does it help you, too, so much work you do in the community? I mean, that helps, too, right? It it, it does put things in respect, perspective when we're working with others that have such less fortune than we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: it really makes you go. Um, I do a lot of work with you know young entrepreneurs or people who are just starting out or who don't know how to navigate mm-hmm. Um public contracts, because they're a little bit trickier and a little bit more complicated. Oh, they're very company. tricky. You and say a, a couple, little, <laughs> but <think> they're very. <laughs> but um, I I love doing that, because it's it really does see it through their eyes, and they think it's just this huge, huge, huge thing, and I'm like, no, no, no. Small bites, small bites, you'll get there. Um, I think sometimes we think things should happen instantaneously. You know, I get my certification, so I should get this huge contract. I don't know. Well, let's start back here and make sure you're ready for it kind of thing. Um, so I love doing that sort of things. Uh, I love doing things that's just, you know, f- feeding through my church. Um, I do things like go and feed homeless or take care of women who are homeless and things like that. So and that puts it really in perspective for me to say, OK, I got it. I got it. I am blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what the sort of objects in front of me, I'm truly blessed.
0: I like to say that if you're having a really bad day, go find somewhere to volunteer. Yes, absolutely. Just give back to, s- in some way, it doesn't matter. Or if you're having a bad time in your marriage or in a relationship or in your business or you don't love your job, go find something else to do that makes you happy by giving to somebody else.
1: Yes. And it's amazing how it switches your perspective mm-hmm. and how much... That volunteering will feed your soul. Um, much more. You're giving, but you're also getting at the same time. It's really nice.
0: And imagine I've got to spend my career working with those types of organizations. I feel very fortunate that I've been able to, you know, really create and craft my world around helping nonprofits continue to do their best work. And of course, you know, in any organization that's run like a business, there's still all the business side of what you need to do. But at the end of the day, a lot of the work that I've done in my career is to help those end users. And it's that's how I know that that's the case, because I've been in that field for a long time. And it's life changing every day, every day, every day, every day. Yeah. That's Amazing. a great,
1: great way to spend your time. Yeah. yeah, I know
0: it is. The The only downside to all of us that, you know, have dedicated ourselves to such long careers in the nonprofit sector is that it's not lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, I got two kids in college, you know, this makes it very difficult. Um, but no, it's it's a passion. And I, I've always found ways to merge multiple projects together so I can keep doing that. And when I started my own business, Corporate Cause Agency, I switched to the other side of the table, mm-hmm. you know, as you and I've talked about, to help businesses really navigate those strategies. Um, and part of that's just because I feel like I've put in my time um, right, And I mean, there's lots of newer nonprofit executives that are coming up the pipelines that right. have very strategic out of the box methods of thinking, and they are very good at what they do, and they're going to do it for half the price that my experience brought. So it was just, it was a good time. It was good time. And, and unfortunately, not everybody is carrying their experience over into the industry. That's the downside to mm. when that happens, right? So I want to keep my knowledge in the industry for as many people as possible, which means I still work. With lots of nonprofits because I, I just do whether it's on a contractual basis or as a volunteer. I just I know that I, I want to be able to help as many as I can.
1: Now, do you find it's interesting? Because one of the things that and um, one of my new muscles is trying to figure out a, a nonprofit for us because uh, we've done so much mentoring and to mm-hmm. actually put together a nonprofit to help uh, entrepreneurs and small business in construction. Um, build capacity. So that's also another little venue because I had a little bit of light you know, on my plate and I said, yeah. let's try that one. Um, but do you find it, I, I'm finding it's a fascinating world mm. and, and it's a totally different way of thinking and yeah. a totally different way of approaching business, which is not bad, but just a 180 for me mm-hmm. and how I think and how I do things. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's you, Denise, but I think it's also just the nature of you know for profit and nonprofit mm-hmm. are just you know sometimes you think they merge in thought, but sometimes they're totally different in thought and purpose and I, and I think that's okay. I think there's a a point in, I think that's a good thing. I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing, but it's a it's amazing to me how to that's totally new and sort of fascinating and i'm 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 doing that part where I'm educating myself. yeah, that's good. and yeah. trying to say, okay what's the best way to do this yeah. and, and make sure that people can really benefit?
0: It's like speaking two different languages. And uh, you know, I I will say that when I first started my own company, I spent a lot of time using my lingo from the nonprofit sector uh-huh. and I, I quickly realized businesses had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, I, just, I could see it in their face. We'd be having a conversation and I would say, oh, you should do this and this and this and this. And they're like, I have no idea what any of that means. And, <laughs> No, they are like two separate languages. Even though you want a nonprofit to run business-like, you want, right. you want the systems and structure that comes with the thought processes and business. You want that for a nonprofit, but it is very different. And it's okay that it's different. So yeah. you're, you'll, you'll learn that those differences come into play. I think that in your case, you have it the right way. You have a solid business background. Stepping into the nonprofit world is easy. If you have only nonprofit experience, and try to step into the business world, it's hard. Really? It's hard because the mindset on how you push things forward and for what reason mm. is, is not understood. I mean, I, I there are so many organizations out there that do really good things, right. but they don't know how to run a business. Okay. So they don't understand marketing or finances or HR practices, those all still account. Right. I mean, you still need all of that when you're running a nonprofit. Um, but people that do really good works in the community often don't have any of that and so that that hurts them so then, then they need to bring in staff to help with that piece whereas on the other hand you can step into the nonprofit field now and you'll it'll be fine there'll be some governance stuff you'll need to understand yeah and, but it's just it's interesting I, yeah. I mean, I'm fascinated by
1: it and yeah and, um but I was like oh okay this is a whole different well I'm world. happy to
0: help anytime you want thank you I might have to
1: I might have to you know get a sort of brain dump from you and yeah. make sure I'm, I'm going down the right pathways there. But it's, it's been fascinating, interesting. So it yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so what else, so, and what else are you working on now? Um, are you are sitting on any boards or there, is there any other work you're doing in, in Denver? Yeah, I sit on a couple of boards and, you know, past your Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce. So, oh yeah, uh, that's the story I loved the most. <laughs> you have to share that story. I loved it so much Well you were at, for lunch with one of your board members. Uh, from the chamber and somebody walked up and said that, to oh you, yes you oh, have yes. to share that story I'm oh, not going to do it justice because oh, it's such a good story oh
1: yeah I was uh with one of my board members and he introduced me as the incoming chair of the board of he goes oh she's the incoming chair of the board uh for the chamber and they said oh the black chamber and I, and I said no and I said the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce and the look on their face was <laughs> priceless I'm gonna say that was a pretty priceless moment
0: I so, love that story so much because yeah. I can just see and it was probably very innocent Lisa.
1: it was it yeah. was completely innocent mm. and completely but you know that's that's the moment that you say okay allow them to have don't shame them allow yeah. them to have that moment because yeah. it was completely innocent yeah and it was very congratulatory after that so yeah. it was very funny um so still doing that um i'm doing i'm on the board of the uh, building a better colorado which mm-hmm. is going around the state doing um little sessions how do we make colorado more collaborative Ooh. how do we do things um not only legislatively but just as a culture how do we make you know, keeping that sort of collaborative spirit to Colorado that I think that we have, um, which I really appreciate. Um, so I'm helping with a lot of different people, knowledgeable people. Um, that's doing that with me, and um, they have a website that people can go on and sort of talk about. We ever do everything from Tabor laws to, you know. Uh, so transportation. It's really interesting and fascinating for me. So, I've What's ever, that website? Uh, oh, I wish I was. Building a Better Colorado. It's BBCO. And I wish I had the website in, in my People head. People can search it up or I'll yeah.
0: find it and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Because is that something that um, the community can get involved yes, in? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Very interesting. So okay. it's,
1: a, it's really interesting. Um, and I am... You know, just sort of living my life. I'm about to be an empty. My daughter's going off to grad school in Boston. So oh. a true, true empty nester. Oh, my. So it's. Uh, You're going to have a-
0: some fabulous gardens this summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 right yeah i mean maybe grow some extra vegetables yeah I'd have to put some vegetables in there yeah yeah, I mean, yeah i'm gonna have a lot to do you're gonna have to find the time you're gonna work on your nonprofit. yeah so oh, that's good yeah, yeah. but that's so, a change yeah that's a change yeah. so
1: it's a good change yeah you know it's that time to sort of you know do what she needs to do you teach them how to fly and then you let them out yeah you know? then they go and you go okay uh yeah that's okay that's amazing yeah and enjoy the moment of being you know being an empty nester and
0: and i did that yes and i did that and i did that i did that that's it's gonna be my word for (laughs) my series of words my phrase for a while that's that's good Yeah. yeah so
1: yeah so I'm looking forward to that. Actually, excellent. Yeah.
0: Well, I so appreciate talking with you. Thank you for being willing to come on and Absolutely. you know inspire more people with your stories and and share with women, you know, courage and inspiration. Because it's it's this this, this journey isn't isn't easy. Um, it's not easy as a business owner. It's not easy as a female business owner. And I I really appreciate the path that you're setting in advance of, for so many others. Oh, thank you, thank you. It is it is not, but it is
1: a joy when it's, yes, it is a joy to be here and be where I'm at right now. I really take that in and, and just sort of like, man, I have gone through some cycles and some ups and some downs and there's more to come. Um, and there'll be bumps in the roads. It's not easy, you know, after you make it to a certain level, cause I want to make it to the next level. So once again, I'm going to have those bumps and bruises and And that's okay. I've learned to handle them a little bit better and anticipate them and and sort of acknowledge them early on as opposed to waiting to the baseball bat side of the head kind of thing. Yeah. So
0: stay on the offensive. Yes,
1: absolutely. And run towards it. Mm -hmm. Don't run away from it. I always tell women run towards it because it's coming. Mm -hmm. Go towards it. Mm -hmm. It'll be okay. Yeah. Well Thank that's you.
0: and that's the message though. That that reassurance from 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 you is helpful to a lot of people because you have you have gotten to a certain level of success where when you say it's going to be okay, you say it because you've been there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, Denise, what percentage of grit and grace are you today? Oh. A, i know it's the question i ask all my guests at the end of my show and i didn't even give you a warning i'm like what percentage i just pulled it out oh it's God, I, I think i'm at 100 percent. so you're 50 50 you're yeah. half and half yeah, i'm 50 50 that's good 50
1: 50 i'm feeling about the day i'm like oh no
0: it's an okay day yeah it's kind <laughs> of an okay day too yeah. i think that it's it, it helps me so much that the sun is shining yes For those of you that don't know, we just survived the bomb cyclone winter (laughs) storm in Colorado. This is March of 2019. And it was like crazy. So if you're listening to this in like 2029, you're going to say, what? Bomb cyclone? (laughs) Um, But yeah, we survived crazy snow. So it's just nice to have the sun.
1: It's nice to have the sun. It's nice to be in Denver and Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice day to be alive. It is. It's a great day to be alive.
0: Well, thank you again, Denise, for thank joining you. me. And for everyone listening, if you are joining us on iTunes, please make sure you give us a rating or drop us a comment. And on com, if you don't know yet, you can find me. the My name is highlighted in some funky color. And if you click that, that will take you directly to me, like through cyberspace. And there is a place to leave comments, too. So hit us up. We would love to hear from you. And go be fierce, my friends.